0: Thank you for joining us today for this life-changing message from River of Life. If you are ever in our area, we would love for you to join us. For more information, visit us at ROL.com. That's ROL.com. Or download our app in the App Store under ROL Crawfordville. Now, let's join youth pastor Brian Blackwell as he teaches from the
1: Word of God. Keevy and I just got back from journey camp and Journey Camp this year had its largest group ever. Over 600 children were at camp this week. We had 62 youth give their lives to Christ this week. We baptized 35 of those. Obviously, the other 25 wanted to go home and do that with their families. But to see 35 children lined up to be baptized in a creek in northern Georgia is really cool to watch. I can't tell you how the kids, and maybe you already know, they gravitate to Kiwi. They gravitate to them, and he loves on them, and he makes them important, and he shares his testimony and his story and it's really awesome to see. He holds it down on stage. Victory Wakeboard and myself, we hold it down on the water. We're going back next week. We skip a week and then we're back again. So three of the, two of the next three weeks, we'll be journey camping together. And uh, Kiwi love you a whole bunch. Pastor asked me if I would speak after Kiwi performed. And he did so because he said he wasn't personally cool enough to speak after somebody like Kiwi. <laughs> I think what's funny about that is pastor's nodding his head and brother Bill's got his hand up over here. (laughs) Before I begin my message today, church, I I feel like I would be a fool if I didn't mention last week's sermon titled A Fresh Start. Hmm. You know, sometimes you hear a sermon that stays with you for a little while, and sometimes you hear a sermon that was meant to impact you indefinitely. And I don't circle back to Pastor Henry's sermon to stay in his good graces. Because one thing I know about Pastor is he loves me regardless. He loves me when I succeed. And what I found over the two and a half years of being on staff here, he loves me when I fail. And when I fail, he really, really loves me. And that's when you really see his love come through is when you mess up. Pastor mentioned last week about his own struggles with lies told by the enemy. He told us that these lies are reoccurring and they can cause issues if they are believed and they're not dealt with. But pastor knows God's word and he knows it well enough to know that what God has told us about who he is and about who we are to him. Here's a couple of bullet points from the sermon last week. We are adopted by Christ. We are a new creation in Christ Jesus. God's spirit lives in me. There is no condemnation for those in Jesus Christ. And when he said there is no condemnation, he said what that means is is that there's no condemnation. That's good news for a sinner like myself. And you know, (laughs) thank you Bill. (laughs) And I do want to do something a little different here though than than just read your pastor's bullet points. You know, since Kiwi is here this morning, I want to use some of Kiwi's lyrics to echo pastor's words from last week. So here are some lyrics from Kiwi's songs, Pray. Now, I know what you're thinking. Are you going to read the lyrics? Or are you going to attempt to rap the lyrics? And I tell you what, just because we're family, I think we should rap them. I think we should rap them. Okay. Let's have some joy and let's have some fun. These are Kiwi's words, echoing exactly the bullet points we talked about. You know, there's got to be a better way. Don't let this world take your joy away. Break them chains, come together, know your name and realize deep down, you're a king. Break them chains, come together, know your name, child of God, and realize deep down, you're a king. I've always wanted to be a rapper. (laughs) And somewhere in this crowd, my wife and daughter are covering their faces right now in embarrassment, I promise you. (laughs) But moving on, pastor also challenged us to make a list of what we need to be gone in our spiritual lives. And he challenged us to make a list of what we need to begin in order to grow in Christ. Now, I don't know if you took that dare or not, And he did. He double dog dared us to do it. And I'll say to that, challenge accepted, brother. Don't double dog dare me to do it. So here's the list that Keevy made when I told him about what we had going on. We're going to pull this up. So this is Keevy's list. And you can obviously read those for yourself. But I want to talk about bullet point number two here on what we need to have be gone and what we need to begin. How about this? Doubting my potential at times. Tall, attractive, young, successful, black man doubting his potential. I think he's got potential. Don't you think he's got potential? Yeah, just a little bit. But don't you like his begin? Remind myself daily that I'm God's child and I'm doing Kingdom work. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. And I will also say on this third bullet point here, he and I have this in common. Uh, it's just a really busy season uh, for me right now. As you guys know with Victory Wakeboard, it's our Super Bowl during the summer. You know, uh, youth pastor responsibilities, my family, journey camp, et cetera. I just feel like I'm spread a little thin right now. Work versus fam- family and finding that healthy balance to not neglect one over the other. I mean, absolutely, let's begin that. Keevy, thanks for doing that exercise for me. Hey, so the next one is mine. And you can see that I'm a little more brief than Keevy. But I wanna talk to you about really everything on the screen here. And you know what I found when I filled this out? Did anybody else pick up that when you draw the line down and you draw it over, it looks like a cross? Yeah. Yeah, me too. So, plum disease, I'm impacted by it. For those of you that do not know what PLOM disease is, I'm about to tell you. Plum is an acronym, and it stands for Poor Little O. Oh me. <laughs> <laughs> Preston liked that one. <laughs> poor Little O. Me. It could be Blob, Poor Little O. Blackie. But we learned this acronym at UPS. And I can tell you, if you've ever seen anybody in a brown uniform or they work for UPS, they are a hard worker. An incredibly hard worker. And my boss one time, he had that on his door. He says, I don't deal with Plum disease. Because it is not about anything except making money. It is about time. Now, we'll develop relationships and we'll be friends. But I don't want to hear your nastiness. I don't want to hear your baggage. Move the box on the truck and do it quickly. But what I'm thinking is, I was telling Pastor last week that after his uh, his sermon, because I was moved, and, and we sat right here. And I said, Pastor, I think I got Plum disease. And he laughed at it and he giggled at it. But what I found out is that since I've been so busy and I feel like I've been away from my family and I'm spread a little thin, it's poor little old blackie but what I need to begin and what I started Monday after his sermon is embracing answered prayers. You see, one of the reasons why I'm so busy this time of year is because I have asked for years and years and years for God to use me as a weapon for his kingdom. God put that on my heart years ago. Weapon for, I've never read it. I I don't know that it belongs to me, but I'll take credit for it. I have prayed, and those of you that know me know I say this a lot. Use me as a weapon for your kingdom. So if you reverse it, I'm upset because I don't have enough time because God is truly using me as a weapon for his kingdom. He's answered my prayers. I wish I never heard that sermon last week. That's not true. Stinking thinking. This is something my brother, Pastor Chuck, says often. And what he's saying when he says, I want to get away from our stinking thinking, he's saying, caught up in the world, thinking about the flesh, other things that aren't godly. And what I want to do is I want to turn and I want to tell more of God's stories. I want to tell God's truths, and I most assuredly want to speak of the gospel. That's what I want to do. I want to get away from when my brain distracts me and know that, and I'm usually pretty good at this. Man, I can go to Walmart. I can be on the river. I can be talking to anybody, and I'll, I can bring up Jesus. It's just real easy to do, Amen. but I need to do more of it, and so what I want to do today is I want to leapfrog off of telling more of God's stories, truths, and gospel, and I'm going to get into my message this morning, and the title of it today is The Gospel in Action. It is stories within our river of life family, okay? Our family. Two weeks ago, I was in a staff meeting. They start every Tuesday at 9.30 in the morning. Sometimes pastor's there on time, most time he's not. <laughs> our staff meetings are pretty sacred. Before we talk about business, finances, buildings, plumbing issues, supplies, chairs, sound and tech. We spend as much time as needed in prayer and worship. We do. And it normally has several songs, but we're sharing the word. What's God doing in your life? What have you been reading in the Bible? How's it going? And this can last, you think I'm joking, this can last two hours. Then we do 15 minutes of business and then we go and smash food up at Lindy's. That's what we do. Sometimes. But let me tell you, this day two weeks ago was different. You're welcome to ask any staff member, they will echo my sentiment. It was different because, for whatever reason, it wasn't prompted by anybody, but we all got really silent. And I can tell you that's a rare thing in our staff room for it to be silent because we got a lot of people who can talk a lot. But we were silent. In those six seconds that we were silent just then, when i didn 't say a word, imagine ten minutes of it when that silence was done, Pastor Henry says, "I need to ask you guys one question and one question only: What did the Lord just download into your heart? Because I know what it downloaded in me is what he said, What did it downloaded What did he download in you? And we began to share well one of the things that was downloaded me. Two weeks ago in that meeting was I do a poor job as your youth pastor, as a staff, and as a board member here sharing the stories of our church. I do. Because there's enough good going on in this church. There's there's enough amazing things and loving and kind and beautiful and godly and gospel-esque things that I need to share. I feel like I could share every week. Now, don't get me wrong. I tell stories from time to time to the youth on Wednesdays. But there is a plethora of information to share. It's one of my favorite parts about my job. You never know who's going to walk in that door. I've counseled 80-year-old people on finances. I've helped people change batteries in their cars. Weird things come through the door. But you'd be shocked at how the stories unfold and how godly they are. So today what I'm going to do, I'm going to read some scripture. And then I want you to apply the scripture that I'm about to read to the stories that I'm going to tell you about our congregation. I want you to understand this about our church, first of all, that we are, a large, we are a large church in a small town. Would you agree with that? We're a large church in a small town. We don't look like other churches. We don't operate like other churches. Now, obviously, if you're a guest here today, man, we welcome you. I, I'm so excited you're here on this day. Know that we are not perfect, and we're not perfect people. But we do serve a perfect God. And based on what I'm seeing within our congregation, we are in the beginning stages of God's people growing closer and closer and closer to His will for our lives. We are. And there is faith based momentum here on our church campus. And dare I say, revival that is tangible. We're growing. I'm seeing people stepping out of their comfort zones and serving. The momentum in our church is growing. It's a beautiful thing to see. First scripture for today. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others So that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. That's scripture you know. That's not the first time you've encountered that. Very famous passage. It lights up the entire room. Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. And again, I ask that you apply these verses... As I go through the stories of our River of Life family. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And This is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. Hear me on this church. Not a result of works. So that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship. We are created in Christ Jesus for good works. Which God prepared beforehand. That we should walk in them. Good works that we should walk in them. Matthew 5, 14, Ephesians 2, 8. Remember those over the next f- couple of minutes if you would. First story I'm going to tell you about is about a dear sister of mine here in this church. But before I tell you about her, I need to tell you about a friend that I have in town who is not a believer. I don't even know if he's a fan of Christ, but I do know he's not a follower of Christ. And I have many friends that are like that, and that's Okay. One day, I keep telling him I'm like the Grand Canyon. I stop, start like a drop of water, and before you know it, you're rafting through it. I'll win. Just give me time. The Lord and I got a plan. But he is not a believer, and he is a very good friend of mine. And I came to find out that his house burnt to the ground. And when I mean burnt to the ground, I mean he lost everything, everything. And I went to see him at his job one day, and his boss actually informed me that his house burnt down. I didn't know. I had no clue. I thought it was business as usual. I was upset immediately. And I went to him, and I got in his face, and I said, Hey, man, we're supposed to be buddies. Aren't we friends? If we were friends, why didn't you tell me you had a tragedy in your life? I can help. I've got, look at the resources I have here. One phone call to Pastor Henry, one phone call to Bill or Chuck, and we can help. We can rally. Why didn't you let me know? You're not my friend. And he said, Blackie, I'll be honest. I don't like to ask for help. I don't need anything from anybody. I don't take help because that's just who I am. I don't like to ask for help. So then I kind of got out of the flesh because I was mad. And I said, well, let's just start all over. How can I help now? What can I do for you moving forward as your friend? And I know this guy. Hear me when I say, he wouldn't mind me saying this. He doesn't have many friends. He's an incredible introvert that is socially awkward. He doesn't have a lot of friends. How can I help? He said, Well, I'll tell you how you can help. You can help me find a place to live. That's how you can help. You really want to do something, man of God? Are you going to talk it? You're going to walk it? You can find me a place to live. You know, asking for a place to rent or buy in Wakulla County right now? I mean, right. The housing market's insane. I instantly thought of a lady in our church that had a motor coach, an RV for sale. Not the fifth wheel, not the pool behind, but the driving motor home. She had talked to me a couple of weeks about it. It was broke down, didn't run. And I'm going to give you a little background story on this RV this lady in our church purchased this with her husband years ago, and it was a blessing to them. They were retired. They used to drive around the country with other veterans. It had less than 5,000 miles on it when it broke down. And the issue that it had was actually a battery-charging issue, not a transmission, not a, it threw a rod, not anything crazy. It had a battery-charging issue. Well, the people that sold her the RV... I could call a lot of names right now. I even thought about mentioning them from this stage just to be ugly, but I won't do it. They treated her awful. So awful, and I won't get into the details on it, but her husband and she were on property dealing with the RV issues when he passed away. So what started out as an incredible blessing was now something that was not a blessing. I don't even know what to name it, but it was not good. They still continued not to fix the vehicle or know how to properly diagnose it. And it got to the point where it was on their property, so they picked up the phone and called her and said, hey, you come get your vehicle, because if not, we're going to start charging you rent to leave it on our property. And keep in mind, it's under warranty. That sounds like a bad deal, doesn't it? So it was towed to Crawfordville. It was stowed in her front yard where it sat for a period of seven years. Did I mention that it had 5,000 miles on it? I told Nick after talking to this lady in our church, I said, brother, I found you something. He said, great, let's go see it. I talked to her. She said, come on over. Let's get him in it. We go over... Now, keep in mind, it's had all that gas in it that's going to be nasty and gross. The tires are going to be dry rotted. We know it's going to have a dead battery. We already know that... Oh, wait a minute. I said it. <laughs> we already know what they have done with it, and they can't fix it. So we decided to go over and lay hands on it. And she and I prayed, and she will tell you that I said, If God can raise the dead... He can make this RV start and he can take it from the Lake Ellen area down past the exotic plants area down there off of 98 and he can do it and he can do it right now. I believe he can do it. <laughs> we hooked a battery charger up to it. I was going to be the one to crank the engine because I knew it was going to start. It fired right up. We didn't even put air in the tires. We did 40 miles an hour all the way to his home. He parked it. He pitched it. He put the tent out. He hooked up the septic and he's living in it right now. He asked my friend in church, he said, why would you give this to me? You don't even know me. What's the angle here? What can I do for you in return? What's your motive for giving me this RV? And you know what she told him? I serve a giving and loving and gracious God. And it's my pleasure to bless you. It's my pleasure to bless you. So she had it for sale. She wasn't asking a lot of money for it. When I got inside of it, I knew what type of deal we got because she gave it away, right? She gave it completely away, walked out with the title of the papers, gave it to him. The interior of it still smells new. There's still plastic on the flat screen televisions. Some of the beds and the dishes and everything have never even been used. In my estimation in today's market, it's about a $70,000 gift. Who does this? God's people do this when they want to share the gospel by whatever means necessary. If I have to give you an RV, if I have to sing rap songs to you, whatever it is to build that relationship to make sure I know where you go eternally. There's a gentleman in here today by the name of Albert. I don't know Albert. Albert and I have never met, but I know one thing about Albert. He is smart enough to invite a man by the name of Grant to come and shoot skeet at our men's group outing. It took a place about a month ago. And as a gift, the church gave away a shotgun through a raffle process. It's a pretty cool raffle, wouldn't you think? A visitor from Connecticut named Grant was invited by Albert. He came and he won the shotgun. Upon hearing that he won the shotgun, Albert was so excited that he said out loud, Oh, blank. Fill in the blank. If you've ever said blank, raise your hand. Okay. This side's worse than this side. Here's what I love about our church. Follow me on this, okay? Grant said a dirty word. But I know for a fact that the board members that were around him, they didn't bother to correct him. See, they don't want to chastise him or embarrass him because he's from the world. He's new to us. He doesn't know Jesus' ways just yet. And that we don't talk like that, right? So what they did is instead of getting on him, they loved him up to the next level. Man, I tell you what, those board members that did that, I'm not going to call you out by name because you know who you are. I tip my hat to you. I do. Well done, brothers. I remember speaking the following day because I was on stage to honor our graduates. And I remember Albert said, No, I'm sorry. Grant sat right there, front row. See, one of the catches is if you won the shotgun, you had to be here Sunday in order to receive it. (laughs) Who came up with that idea? That was brilliant. (laughs) So he sat right there after receiving the shotgun. Keep in mind, from Connecticut, not a member here. And man, he had a focused stare on me, like he was hungry for the word. You know the look when I'm hungry and I'm into what you're saying. And I'm enjoying this and I'm being filled up. I didn't think another thing about it until Pastor Henry came to me. And he said that Scooter Perez noticed that our buddy Grant was under conviction. Scooter approached him, he used his discernment, he got Pastor involved. Pastor said, Look, do you know that you know that you know? Do you? Well, the next is heavenly history. Albert came to know the Lord. Said the sinner's prayer, all because he was invited. Grant came, I'm sorry, Grant came to know the Lord because Albert invited him. Albert, where are you? Raise your hand, Albert, I still don't see you. My man. Let's go. I'm glad you're here today. Thanks for being here. Now, I said all that to say this. I almost messed up. Because I had no obligation for the men's skeet shoot. I actually had a victory wakeboard event that was planned that had a conflict, and they were having a family reunion at my house, and I needed to be present for that. So the only responsibility that I was given was to secure the shotgun to give away in the raffle. I can handle that, I promise you. Don't tempt me to go buy a gun. I'm in. (laughs) I'm in. I could have gone to Kevin's, I could have gone to Bass Pro Academy. But I thought, you know what? I'm trying to downsize my collection right now. What I'll do is I'll open my safe and I'll pick out one of my shotguns and I'll just give it away. That'd be fine. That'd be good. So I picked out, I opened it up and I kind of have them in a nice little row. And the 12 gauge is the gun that I give away because I just don't shoot that caliber much anymore. I'm more of a 20 gauge and a 410 guy. So I want to downsize my collection because I got a real small safe. I live in a small house. So we're just downsizing a little bit. So I put this Remington 410, that's what it's called, it's a 12-gauge, but it's a 410 SPR, and I put it right there. Now it's got a bunch of scratches on it, and the bead on it's kind of messed up, and the stock's not real pretty. So I put it there, and I leaned it against the wall. That's the one I'm going to give away. Well, I kept walking by it, and if you really want to hear something that's really Wakulla, here's Wakulla for you. My gun safe is in my bathroom. Anyway, (laughs) I set it out. And as I would go about my business and and shower and brush my teeth, I'd see it sitting there. And man, as God will do, he kept telling me, he's like, you sure that's the one you want to give away? You never know where this might go. Dig a little deeper. Look a little better. No, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to be disobedient. They're going to get the lowest of the low. Hear me when I say this. Please hear me when you say this is not a story about Blackie. This is a story about somebody who's in love with Jesus. So what I decided to do was to pour out my best for Jesus. I went in there and I looked down the road and I grabbed this Beretta. And I put my hands on it. And I want you to know, and this is the truest thing I'll ever say, I had never pulled the trigger on it. I'd never fired it. And I put it in its little case that was lined with velvet and all the felt and all the choke tubes and the fancy-smancy stuff. And I folded it up, and I was kind of angry about it. And I, <laughs> and I took it, and I gave it to Scooter Perez. And I don't think I said a word. I just said, here.
0: <laughs>
1: what are the odds that Grant from Connecticut, invited by Albert, won the raffle and got the best of my best and came to know Jesus as he sat right in front of me on the day that I spoke. He sat right here. I only speak five, six times a year and he was right there. Now, if you tell me that's not Jesus, I will not believe you. I won't. I won't. God had a plan. He used our men's ministry and a nice shotgun to allow the gospel to spring into action. It looks funny sometimes, but if we're obedient and we truly pour out our best and we're wise like Albert, it just looks different sometimes when the gospel gets into action. Last story. And I got some good advice from my brother-in-law. Are you still remembering the verses that we talked about? Our good works. That he's designed us to do them. They're not going to get us into heaven. But we're designed to do them. To give him glory. That's what the good works are for. I got some good advice from my brother-in-law one time. I was speaking at my father-in-law's funeral. He was a great man. And what my brother-in-law told me is you should never be embarrassed when you cry or you get emotional. Don't worry about it. You just be you and don't worry about that. What do I have to worry about right now? I'm in front of my family. I'm in front of my family. Many of you know Bradley at church. I spoke to him yesterday on the phone as he's coming back because he was in a leadership role at a camp that he served at. To worship and to serve and to be free like Bradley is up here. What a blessing, guys. What a blessing. I have the pleasure of working with him often and we use an acronym for Bradley called PUSH. Bradley pushes. And that acronym says he prays until something happens. He has put his father on prayer list numerous times. And he continues to pray about his education in culinary arts. Bradley has special needs. But that's not who Bradley is. That does not define who he is. I can tell you who Bradley is. He's a child of God. He is a child of God. And he touched me one morning when he did something, when he walked up to Daniel Perez, who was sitting here and he was holding the offering basket. And please don't think that when you come up and you're putting your tithes and your offerings in the basket, that I'm staring at you and I'm looking to see how much you put in there. That's between you and God. Just like my relationship with my tithing and my giving is between God and I. But for whatever reason, I couldn't take my eyes off of him. And he went up to the offering basket. And he had like a little change purse. Not a wallet. Almost like those little rubber things that your grandmother used to keep changing, right? And He was up there and he was fiddling and he was going through it. And he put something in the offering basket. And he went and he sat down. So... I didn't really think too much about it, but for whatever reason, God put it in my heart, hey, when I get to church on Monday and we start doing the count, I'm going to ask Dale Litchfield if there's any change in it. I'm just curious. Went through the first basket, no change. Went through the second basket, no change. We went through the third basket, and this right here is what we found. This is a U.S. nickel, nickel, It was made in 1988, and at one time, it belonged to my brother Bradley. And this is what he poured out that day. This is what he had to give for his tithe and his offering. Now, this is not a prop. This is the exact nickel. Because when I saw it sitting there and tears came to my eyes and tears came to Dale Litchfield's eyes because of the act of obedience. I mean, it's the gospel in your face. I said, that's my nickel. I got a million nickels. I put nickels back in there to replace Bradley's nickel. But this nickel is mine. It stays in my office. Bradley knows about the story. We talked about it at length. And it reminds me what is possible when we fall deeply in love with Christ. When a special needs adult loves Jesus so much that he puts something that's important to him in there, I just see Jesus' face. It's who we are as a church. It's who we are. You've got your own stories. Some of my good friends I know donated a truck to somebody as they were beginning their walk. I mean, you know the stories out here. And here's what I'll say. Come to my office. I always have time to hear them. I'm interested in hearing them because when I hear them, I grow closer to Christ. This is my nickel. And I'm so glad to have seen it and been involved in that our stories, our good works, they are a door to the gospel. And when we put the gospel on display, we in turn give God glory and the honor he deserves. We do. I hope you were encouraged this morning because this is who your River of Life family is. As your youth pastor, I promise to bring more of these stories to you as they highlight the gospel, the gospel in action. Talked to my brother Derek yesterday as I was preparing my message. I said, Derek, let's talk about the gospel. Faith alone in Christ alone is what he told me again and again. Not through our acts, but as we give glory to God. Faith alone in Christ alone. Again, I do hope you were encouraged this morning. Perhaps even challenged, let your light shine and know you were created in Christ Jesus for good works. Father God, I thank you so much for who you are. Father, for the the, the the stories that you have impressed on my heart, that you have tattooed on my soul, that just remind me of you. And how much you love us and how much you care Father, thank you for these opportunities that are really divine appointments. That's really what they are. Father, it's hard to say thank you enough. But we want to be the living gospel. The best that we can, we want our lives to be testimonies. Not just something that we say, but really that we do in pursuit of you. In pursuit of you. Lord, be glorified in here. Be glorified in your house. Help us to be more like Bradley. Help us to have the heart of someone who's innocent and is just madly in love with you. Help us not to be ashamed, Lord, to share your word, the plan of salvation. Father God, what a sweet spirit in this house today. And again, I thank you, Lord. I cannot thank you enough for my River of Life family. That they truly are part of the solution and not part of the problem in my walk. Be glorified here and bless my brothers and sisters here, and both away from this building. You're precious. You're holy. Your mighty name. We pray, Lord. Amen.
0: Thank you again for listening to this message from River of Life. If this message has touched you today, or if you need someone to pray with, please contact us at eight five zero. 926-1200 or email us at info at com We also want to encourage you to visit us this Sunday morning at 1030 a.m. in Crawfordville. Please visit us online at com for more information and directions.